It's Richard. And Steve is here too. It'd be weird if one of us wasn't here and just be Richard's show. Or, or it'd be really creepy. Steve's show. Or if I was, if we weren't here and we were just randomly talking. We always randomly talk. <laughs> <laughs> today is going to be a fun episode. Um, today we're going to be doing Richard on the hot seat. So there's a lot of questions that uh, I think are probing enough to give people some insight to who you are. But first, let's do our fuck of the week. Yes. You go first. Okay, so I'm going to go first, and it's going to be a downer of a starter to the show. Um, so recently, my mother had texted me uh, that an old family friend had, had passed away, and uh, I didn't think, I didn't think anything, about, anything of it. And then um, a couple of days later, my dad uh, texted me the obituary. So I read it because I wanted to remind myself about this woman who, who I knew my entire childhood, basically. Um, she was very active in our church, taught, so, so I can't remember if it was Sunday school or our confirmation classes or both. I know she was in choir. She just, she was just very active. She was one of those, those people. Um, so she was, she, she was 85. Um, so she would have been 40, 45 when, when I would have known her. And she was just very, um, active and everyone, everyone knew her. Um, so she passed away and, and I read the obituary and I was texting my dad and he, uh, said that it was grandma's childhood friend. I'd forgotten that she was born in the same town and grew up with my, my dad's mom. Um, and then he said that it was really hard at the end, um, cause she had dementia, which the obituary didn't mention. And I don't ever recall anyone telling me that she had dementia. Um, and he said it was so hard the last seven, seven or 10 years ago, to, to, to be in the same room as her and her not remember who he was. Um, he'd sang with her in choir for 15 years, he said, and probably knew him much longer than that being the son of my grandma. Um, so I was texting my dad and, and, uh, I was like, this is why I do what I do working with the Alzheimer's association here in Iowa. Um, not only just talking to people about the work that we're doing, but how important it is to continue to raise money for local support groups and, and research pushing the federal government to, to continue to invest in finding treatments and cures. So it's a super big downer fuck of the week. But when, when my dad was texting <laughs> me and, and he said, uh, his last message was, and dad, I hope it's okay that I say this. Um, it was keep up the fight and that's why I do it is so that, People like my dad don't have to see someone who they've known forever not recognize them when he walks into a room. Just so you know, y'all has he has tears in his eyes. <laughs> so as well. that's, my, so that's my fuck of the week. There you go. That's why I married the man I married. Um, mine is not so depressing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Although, if that is an omen to the rest of this podcast, we're fucked. Um, I actually thought of two, and by the by the time that I realized that this <clears throat> this podcast drops, one of them is going to be okay to share. So. Um, stabbed myself in the arm this week, cutting. Not on purpose. Nope, not on purpose. I was cutting baked treats for work and <laughs> uh, kind of missed the pan and whatever. Stuck oh the knife God. right in my arm. Um, so that's, that's the amazing. negative fuck of the week. But we also have a new niece. Yay! And that's a fuck yeah. That's yeah. Um, her name is Lauren. And um, I haven't met her yet. She was born, um, well yesterday for us or yeah. today whenever that was but um super super new but we're very excited to have another cousin for kennedy and 
get to snuggle yet another baby in yes. our life. So we have another baby on the way within our close circle of friends late September. Yes. Um, so yeah, lots of babies. Baby Hafner. Can't yes. wait. Yes, it'll be fun. So, so I have a series of questions today. Well, um, let's take a break some quick. People, well, oh. hold on. Some people, um, I, I pinged them. No, you didn't. Questions. Are you going to tell me who asked these questions? No. That's more fun for me, so I can <laughs> no. yell at them later. No, and I told them I would not tell them who, who okay. divulged. Great. But um, there are some good ones, and I'm actually really, really curious to see what your answers are. Okay. But we'll get started right when we come back. Okay, so we're back. Um, I have some fun ones. We'll, we'll get into some ser- more serious questions. But um, <clears throat> for the people who don't know Richard that well, um, I often call him the Cookie Monster. I think we've talked. Well, I know we've talked. We've talked him, about it a little bit in a previous. <laughs> I think maybe our first episode um, of the podcast uh, about his love of cookies and how he is not afraid to down them about six hundred of them at a time. And uh, first question is, what spawned the love of cookies? I don't know. My mother used to make a lot of cookies. Um, had three kids in the house. Mm-hmm. So obviously cookies were a, a good treat. Um, she was a stay-at-home mom for a time, so, so that let it, lent itself to probably more treats in the house than, than normal. She also worked at a cookie shop for a period. And maybe that's when it really kicked off because she'd come home from working the morning shift um, with a bag of cookies from the morning that hadn't sold by noontime or whatever. Um, and there's like 10 or 12. And these aren't just like little Chips Ahoy cookies. They're, you know, the size of not my palm now, but back then it was probably this bigger than the, my, my, my palm. So, um, and then when maybe it's the way that same way that you package cookies, when you freeze them, you know, four five, six in a bag, that's how mom would do it. So it's really easy just to grab a bag and get after it. And what, eight, how old were you when she was working at the cookie shop? Uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, okay. somewhere in there. Okay. It's hard hard to say, but so it's it's, um, it's been a, a twenty almost thirty year commitment. I, I had never done a full eating of a package of cookies until much later in life, though. So fourteen? No, no, no. I don't think I ever did it until <laughs> I was on my own. I don't think I ever pulled that at home. Well, she also I will say she also did something different that you don't do. So she would make a huge batch, like probably double what you would make, and she would leave the the container of cookie dough in the fridge overnight. That's dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> I Just do not saying. do that. I do not do nope. that. Although a lot of recipes do call for it. They do call it, for so, it. Um, but I don't, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. Uh, what is one thing that you want to learn to do? Oh, um, that's real, a really good question. There's a couple of things I've wanted to learn and I've just never made the time some of it's probably time. Some of it's probably just skill. I wanted to get decent at painting, like actual painting. Um, and I, j- I don't think my eyes work that way, unfortunately. And maybe it's just, I need to like take a couple of classes and I could get good at it. Um, <clears throat> that's one thing. Um, I'd love to get much better at, at woodworking type of projects. Um, I just don't have all the tools that, that my dad would have had. Um, so it's got, I make, I have to make that investment. Um, I wish I knew how to fix cars. I'm just never going to care enough to, to do it. <laughs> so I said it's something you want to learn I don't, to do. That's a, it's so cars hard. is not a want. It's not a want. It'd be a, it'd be a good thing to have. Um, Always Mr. Practical. 
Yeah. Is it something that you like? You want me to actually go learn how to do, or something that would just be super fucking awesome to learn? It's not about me. I think it'd be super cool to to know how to fly. What a plane, an airplane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be super cool. I mean, like, you want to grow wings and start flying around? No. I mean, like super, like just watching, uh, like Catch Twenty Two, like on on Hulu, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. It would be cool to be a pilot and understand how to fly and just like be able to go take up a plane because you're bored on a Saturday. <laughs> I don't know. That we talked about that I think when when we talked in the Semper Fi episode as well. That of all the branches of military, I I thought about joining when I was 18 years old. The Air Force was the top on my list, probably because of the flying. But I've had eyes. I think most people know you. You're not afraid to necessarily try things. I mean, you've had you've done multiple business types of things. You've ran for office. Like you're definitely not shy. You don't shy away from from trying things, but. Um, in fact, not, that's just probably a good segue. A lot of our listeners probably know that you're interested in politics and and or have ran for office. Unsuccessfully. Uh, it depends how you define success, but Truthfully. sure. Uh, if you had a genie who would only give you one wish, what is one thing you would change about our country and why? I want two. Nope. <laughs> because there's two very important things. You get one. Then I think to solve the second one, the first one has to happen. We have to return to civility, both among the people who are elected and us, the voters. And what does that mean? What does so, civility look like? I think a great example was this week. And, and I know there's a, there's people on, on all sides of the aisle who follow us and who are friends with us. Um, this we're taping this and it's going to air um, not immediately after we tape this, but the most recent thing in the news was some comments that the president made about members of Congress um, who are not of white um, skin color. Um, And what happened on Twitter the next day was so incredibly interesting. Um, John McCain's name was trending. And I, I was like, what the, why he's been gone for almost a year now. Why is he trending again? So I clicked on it. Everyone was sharing that video clip once again, when it was him and, and, uh, Senator Obama and the, 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 the woman in the audience made a comment about the, about Senator Obama and, and Senator McCain took the microphones from her and said, no ma'am, no ma'am. He's a good family man. We just happen to disagree with each other. And that could have gone a far different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had people who are willing to stand up and say that is not okay, both at, both here at the local level and at the national level, we can actually sit down together and solve some big problems. But we don't do that today, which is why I ran as an independent. I knew that would be your answer. <laughs> I knew that would be your answer. It was either it was either that or it was finance related. That was the set. That was five, <laughs> that's number two. <laughs> Uh, boy, do I know my husband or yeah, white you people? Do. You do. Kind of scary. Um, when you were a child, um, obviously, I don't necessarily. Well, you may have thought you wanted to be a politician. And that that kind of seems like it would be in your in your vein. But what did you want to be when you grew up, and what changed your mind? There were a bunch of things. Um, I remember, and this, this, this one was probably because my sister always knew she, she always knew she wanted to be a teacher and that's what she is today. So there was a period of time I thought being a teacher would be pretty cool. Um, 
And then I don't know why I fell out of love with that. I still think it'd be really cool to be in a classroom and influence um, students at that teenager level. I think that'd be really fun and challenging. Um, definitely wanted to be a policeman and a fireman. I, I, I remember getting a brochure in the mail about going to space camp, which I thought would have been super cool. Again, flying. I thought being an astronaut would have been ridiculously so, awesome. Wait a minute. Hold up. So that you said a cop and a fireman. Yep. What talked you out of those? Um, I don't think anything ever. Those were like, I was 10 and 12 years old. I don't think you'd talk yourself out of it at 10 or 12. You just, you move on to the next thing that seems really cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, firemen, as you got older, probably because I did, I'm not a, a, a big person, like a strong, like I can lift things. I just can't, you know, lift walls off people. <laughs> bodies. <laughs> yeah, bodies yeah. and things. Um, teacher, fireman, astronaut. Um, <laughs> at, at one point, definitely... I wanted to be a bus driver because I loved my bus driver in elementary school. So like this seemed <laughs> legitimately awesome. I can totally see. Um, I can't think of like, and then there, my, I think my first major was political communication and I changed that to, to public relations. I felt it was more um, universal and, and it is. And I didn't like the idea of only working in politics. And so um, that one, I know why I made that change. But then I fell into marketing, and that's where I've been ever since. Super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely went down the <clears throat> the astronaut route. Yeah. I think every young and boy so we're taping does, this we're, again. We're taping this a little early. <laughs> Tomorrow is the 50 year anniversary of of us landing on the moon, and I'm I'm geeking out about all the content that's out there about us, all the, the moon landing, and like where we landed and how we got there. It's just it's still I'm not good at science, and I'm I readily admit that. But it's it space is super say, awesome. There wasn't there was not a lot of sciencey type of careers in nope, there. None. <laughs> doctor was a pediatrician was one of mine at one point too. I would have loved to be a doctor. Can I just not know the science? <laughs> <laughs> nope, not how it works. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you, you mentioned your degree. What is uh, what is one thing that you wish you had known then before you began your your career? Um. So when I went to school to study uh, public relations, it was um, 2002 to 2005. And at that point, the world was changing rapidly. So, and, and the education system didn't, didn't know that and couldn't catch up to that in terms of what they were teaching us. So what, what I was taught, um, while valuable, was too old. Um, and there's nothing they could have done about it. That's just the way the way the system works. But I wish I'd known what was possible in marketing instead of like, how do you write a campaign plan? Like, let's dive into the the nitty gritty of things and and how do you take advantage of opportunities and, and things like that. Because as social media became a thing, I had to teach myself as as, as did all of us who were who were kind of coming into the field at that point. Um, I think the only other thing that I wish I would have learned, and I guess most people learn this as you go through your professional career, and it's something sometimes I still struggle with. I think it's a personality thing, um, but how do you speak truth to power in an effective way? Um, and that's sometimes hard for me, probably because the, per- the the power on the other side of the table doesn't want me to speak truth to them. Oh, what power does? Right. I think good power Someone who is in power and good at it wants you to do it. And that, to me, is a, a really good leader. 
but All that's right. not the point of that question. Well, we'll I don't take, know if I actually answered it, but we'll take a quick break. I have quite a few more for you, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey friends, I want to introduce you to another podcast that I think you might enjoy for enjoying this episode. It's called Anthem Soul Conversations. It's hosted by my uh, co-host here on this show, my husband, Steve, and he talks about a lot of things with life, whether it's things that happened while growing up, current challenges he's having, good moments, bad moments, and how to respond and how to relate um, it's, I enjoy listening to it and I know him pretty well. Um, and so, I, so I'm pretty sure that you're going to enjoy listening to it too. He ties it back to music at the end. Um, every week it's a different theme. So please check it out. Anthem soul conversations. The link is in our show notes. You will enjoy it. I promise you. All right. We are back. Um, so obviously I, I want to kind of lighten it up. Uh, you know, those are pretty light. Yeah, there's there's some bigger ones. Don't okay. don't you worry. Okay. I'm saving the big ones for the end. I want to end <laughs> on power. So, um, what is your go to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? So I think the only restaurant that I even go to in my hometown is Taco Tico mm, nowadays. Taco Tico. Yeah. Trying to think what else is there. Um, and we're never there long enough to even like go out and have have food. Um, I think the go-to is, it's super dumb. Um, it's either the, the taco dinner, which is one enchilada, refried beans, and rice, I think, um, or just a bunch of hard shell tacos. Literally the tacos, they're basic tacos. It's meat, cheese, lettuce, tomato, um, and they're $1.09. Um, and that, I don't think that price has changed in 20 years. It may have like from like 89 cents or something, but $1.09 and and they're actually really good. They're really good. The fact that Steve is okay with them says something. I, yeah. Well, I hate Taco Bell, but I'll just put out that put it out in the world. I think it's disgusting. Uh, diarrhea. You pay for diarrhea is what you're doing. Um, but the Taco stuff is Tico good. is like it's, it's like you make it at home. Yep. It's so good. Um, so obviously continuing on on your uh, your growing up life, your home life. Um, tell, uh, this was a really good question that came in and I'm, I think I know the answers, but tell us three people who have impacted you like your life or influenced your life significantly. Tell us about the stories with those three people and why they played such a vital role. So we'll, we'll put them in order. Um, Bob Johnson, he was my eighth grade social studies and science shout teacher. Out to Bob. So shout out to Bob. Don't know if he listens to this podcast. He's, he's definitely retired now. Um, What's the story there? I had him for eighth grade science and social studies, um, and he, he made science fun. Um, but then in social studies, he was a pretty, he was a pretty laid back teacher to begin with. Um, but he was the one we did a, a class project. It would have been in, I believe probably October, November. Um, and it was all about politics and elections. And the class project was you team up with someone and one of you is the campaign manager. One of you is the candidate and you have to build a campaign for running. I think we were all running for mayor. Or you had to pick mayor city council or something like that. And it was very like eighth grade ish. Like the issues were stupid. It wasn't real, <laughs> but it was just the process and that's when I fell in love with the process of, of running for office and engaging in the community. And um, he helped introduce me to an organization called the Mason City Youth Task Force that summer between my eighth grade and ninth grade year. I volunteered with them for three years, worked for them for three years. Um, 
and really got me into this world of how do you make a positive impact on your community? Um, and I don't know if I would have ever gotten there if I hadn't had him as a teacher. Um, so that's one. The second one would be uh, Deidre Stanton. Shout out to Deidre. Love Grandma Deidre. <laughs> Love her. Um, I had her in 10th grade. And I forget, the, I, I forget the order of things. If I had her for speech first or honors 10 first, which is our honors English class in 10th grade. The, the, the story I want to tell about her, though, is... So, so my first semester of 10th grade, I took the normal English English class, 10 class. Um, like the, the, the content was fine. I was, what I was learning was fine. But that was the first time in my life I said, I'm not learning enough. Um, I'm not being pushed enough. Um, and so it was probably four, five, six weeks into the second semester. I went to my counselor and said, look, I want to be in honors class. I know it's really hard. In fact, now I know I, I did have Deidre because I knew what kind of teacher she was. So I'd already had her for speech class. Um, and so they didn't want to do it. Um, but I convinced Deidre to convince them to let me into the class. Um, one of the best decisions I ever made, it was so fucking hard to go from super easy English class to super hard English class. And, yeah. and there's a story I'll tell. Um, one of the first, one of the first projects I had to do in that class was she had like a list of like 50 or 60 books uh, that, that you could pick any one book off this list. Um, I picked one. I knew none of these books. Um, that's how like basic I'd been. So I picked a book, I believe it was, it was Sulu, Sula, I think by Toni Morrison, um, read it. And then you, the, 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 the test was you had to write an essay about the book. So I happened to have like a tennis tournament or something where I wasn't going to be in class to write the essay. So I had to write the essay before class. So I do it, go to the tennis event, come back to class and I'm like, so how did I do on, on the exam? Did everybody else do? I wanted, I wanted my grade. Like I wanted to know where I was. And she, (laughs) in front of the whole class, she's like, so class, we are not going to do the essay part of this project because Richard's essay was so bad. We need to to, to go back to basics. And that was a kick in the pants. Um, but I loved her for it. And she was, she was a mentor and still a wonderful friend of our family. Um, so that's two, there's a really long answer. So I mean, Deidre, for those of you who don't know her, she's, I think Richard obviously shows the compassion and dedication she has for her students. But aside from that, she's, she has this really infectious, um, loving and accepting personality. She's like in the best way possible. She's loud and in charge and super silly. And, um, you turn around and she's like this most compassionate Mom, I think we have to have. Maybe we'll have her on a guest because she's got some stories. Yeah, she would be amazing. We may have to add a guest to the show for for a special occasion. Totally, I'm Uh, down for that. So the third one, it's going to be a whole family, Um, the Jay Ordina family, Uh, mom, Darshini, dad, uh, Doctor Harsha, um, the three kids, Asatha, who is my best friend, tennis tennis player, now Doctor Asatha Jarwardena, Mayanthi, and Sahan, Um, and now. Uh, Gretchen married into the family and their daughter Noel. Like they, they've just been such a huge, we're family now. Um, and that just came because, um, Asatha and I met on the tennis court and we both kind of approached life in the same way. And so we, we just, the friendship just kind of happened. Was there something though that, I mean, friendship is one thing, family, getting to a point of family is very different. Is there something that 
spawned that? Um, it really, I think the first thing was, so he was a couple years behind me. Um, and when he graduated high school, I forget if I was still living in town or if I'd moved away and I was just home for that week or whatever. Um, but they kept inviting me over that week. Like they had family in town and, and like, Oh yeah, come on over for Sunday dinner. We're girly. Like it was just, you knew at that point that they wanted you there and it wasn't like, Oh, Richard's here again. Um, and so there, there was that. And then years later, um, after I came out, um, my family went through a tough time through that whole process. Um, and, and they were very adamant that I be with them. Um, and, and that is something that I needed. Um, and, um, yeah, that was probably number two that, that solidified like their family. Yeah. And the thing is like, I've been married to you almost four years. We've been together for, um, more than seven seven now. And, um, from the moment I met them, it was um, identical. They're like, Steve, oh my gosh, yeah. we love you. They like, like you more than me at this point. Well, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> um, it's it's still very much the same. Like you don't, you're not friends. No, and I, it's weird. It's in, in the best, like I said, the best way the, possible. It's just yeah. weird because you're like, I feel so connected to you guys, and yeah. it's just it's amazing. Good answers. Uh, I figured two of those three. I don't think you know the first one. Uh, I mean, I knew it was political related, yeah. but I didn't really remember who it was. Um, what is a passion that you rarely share with people at work and why? Or I'm sorry, why not? Yeah. I mean, I got the question. Um, wow. That's a hard question. I mean, everyone knows I garden. Everyone knows that, um, not everyone knows that I do this podcast and, and, uh, two others, but shit you've stumped me on this one do you have an answer for me no god i talk about (laughs) almost everything um i definitely don't talk a lot about everything i've written and that i still write um i get paid to do articles and copywriting and things um which i enjoy like it's really it's fun it's easy i get to do research on things or sometimes interview people um God, that's the worst answer. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> well, okay. Then here's probably a good question. What are you curious about right now? God, another really hard <laughs> question. <laughs> um, I really want to spend one of the things I wanted to do this year and, and Kennedy kind of threw a wrench in that, that plan. I'm trying to do a better job of it is being intentional with my time. Um, I think it, Steve knows that, and he's said on this many, many times that I like to work. Sometimes I'm just busy working, um, just reading random bullshit or Twittering or, or whatever. Um, so I wanted to be more intentional. And part of that was I wanted to read more, um, read more nonfiction, read more fiction. Um, I'm way behind where I wanted to be on my reading this year. Cause honestly, most nights by the time we get her to bed and we eat and we put the dishes away and fold the laundry, I'm like, my brain can't focus on, <laughs> on words on pages. Hashtag parent life. Right. Um, and I, I definitely don't talk about that a lot. Um, there's not a lot to talk about, but it's something that I can, t- I, I want to do more of, um, because Being more I, intentional. 
be more intentional, but but specifically read more. Okay. Because um, I get so much enjoyment about sitting with. Is that something you're curious about, though? Yeah, because I, what I there's a couple of things I get from reading. If it's nonfiction, you learn obviously. If it's fiction, I think you also learn. You learn about yourself. You learn. You can question the world through what has been written on this page, um, which I think is so powerful and that makes you curious about the book itself. In my opinion, um, one of the books that I'll, uh, fiction book that I'll never forget had a huge impact on me and it's kind of cliche, but it's the kite runner. Um, that's a book that I read in three days, cried through almost the whole damn thing. Um, (laughs) but it made you question everything yourself, the world, like that's what's probably what I'm curious about. Well, I'm going to save the big bombs for the last segment. Okay. I have some big, bigger questions that uh, will probably require some um, pauses, transparency. Oh God, I'm not good um, at that. And then I also have a rapid fire for the end. <laughs> okay, so we will uh, answer all of those when we come back. All right, we are back um, with some final uh, get-to-know-Richard questions. Um, we'll start on the easiest ones. Um, for a lot of people, they definitely don't know this. My husband, unless you know me, I guess I'm very proud to uh, announce this about him, but he is very oh financially savvy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> very <laughs> He's an asshole. <laughs> I, well, sometimes. True story. Uh, the I am not financially savvy. I suck ass at finances and um my husband's uh, god thank god for him because i would not be we would not be in a place we are right now if it if it weren't for his um financial ability so um a lot of i would say you're probably better than most i would say you're probably better than 90 percent of people out there in terms of goals and savings and whatever um knowing that there are people who really suck like your husband and then there are people who are probably middle of the road um what um what is your number one piece of, of financial advice to other people? I didn't know where that question was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the simple answer is don't spend more than you make. Like, bottom line, every month you cannot spend more than you bring in. All right. You so can get deeper you, than that. but So meaning don't be careful with your credit cards, don't live beyond your means, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. All right. So like, I will say when we bought our house... Um, I didn't say, oh, we can afford a X thousand dollar house. I told you this is the monthly payment we can afford. So when you're crunching numbers on interest rates and whatever, you use that. I mean, I told you what, what it kind of was based on the figures, but, and I that's pushed it to the limit. It, you did. <laughs> but I think if I would have said a dollar figure, you would have been like, oh, can we go 10 or $20,000 more? And that 10 True. or $20,000 more actually equals like 70 or $80,000 more. Right. So got it. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners about your coming out story and, um, obviously some of those, some of those, uh, situations that impacted you, like which ones resonate still the most and how do they define you? Um, the first couple were probably through instant messenger. (laughs) That's how old long ago it happened. It would have been the summer of 2005. Um, and so the first, one of the first people I would have told would have been our friend Todd, um, who I grew up with. Um, we live near each other. They, they're great friends of our family. Um, and he was hundred percent supportive. And that's one of those things where like 
for really the first year, I was super, super, super nervous every time I would tell someone. I think that's probably natural. Um, and again, this was 2005, 2000, 14 years, 14 years ago, very different time. Um, and so Todd would have been one of the first ones. My friend Eric would have been one of the first ones. I was, I was worried about him. Um, then I, I know that I told, um, Asita, my best friend, I went up to see him at college and that was one where I, I wrote it out cause I knew I couldn't say it. Um, and I couldn't, um, I'm glad I wrote it out cause it would have been super awkward if I just sat there in silence and, and I'll never forget, um, I handed him a letter and he, and, and I'll tell you what he thought after I finished the story. Um, he reads it, he gets to the end and we're sitting across from each other in his dorm room. Uh, and he looks up at me and he reaches over and grabs my hand. And in that moment, you just know it's okay. Um, and that's why he's family, right? Um, Got me tearing up I over can here, see that. fucker. Um, and then the only other one that that was really still resonates with me. My my roommate at the time in college, or the person I was going to live with, um, I wanted to let him know because at that point I still wasn't out to everybody. Um, but I wanted him to know this is I may bring someone home and I may see you naked. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward, Brian. <laughs> um, so again, I, I wrote it in a letter, gave it to him. I was such a, I was such a weenie about it. Um, <laughs> God. I wrote him a letter, and his response was the best. He got, he got to the punchline, and he, he looks up at me, and he just has a face of, I don't fucking care. Like we're gonna live together, it's gonna be fine. And that was, that was probably the end of the worried stage. Um, obviously, telling the family was hard, emotional. We went through a 12 to 18 month rough patches, putting it mildly, um, which isn't all that dissimilar from, from most families 15 years ago. Um, but I think it, I think you and I, I don't remember if you and I talked about it on the podcast or if we, we just talked about it in life. I think we did talk about it on, on, I think it was on your getting to know, um, how us going through that process for me has prepared me how to handle some crazy ass thing that Kennedy might need to tell us one day and how best to respond to that or to respond to one of her friends who has something happen. Right. So uh, I think going through it made me a stronger and better person. So when it comes to those childhood lessons, whether that be coming out or whatever, one of the questions that another person asked was what, what is the one lesson that defined your adult life and how do you hope to share that same lesson with Kennedy? The one lesson that shaped my adult life, man, um, could it have happened at any point in my, my life? There's no, okay. Definition. I don't know if it was like happened. When I'm, okay. No. So when I was 16, the summer I was 16, my sister had an accident overseas, um, Fell, fell down the side of a mountain, broke both her legs. Um, my brother would have been 12 at the time. So my parents had to travel um, from the States to Slovakia to, to bring her home. So they were gone for two and a half weeks. I was home alone, took care of everything. I grew up. like I, That was the summer I grew up because then I had to take care of her when she got home. Um, and then later that fall, um, a classmate, so I would have been going into my junior year, um, a classmate of mine killed himself. 
Um, and then six months later, another classmate killed themselves. And that's when, um, I really fell in love with Switchfoot, um, that second suicide, because at that point their hit song meant to live was their hit song. Um, and I'll never forget. I was in the eye clinic when either someone texted me or called me about, um, uh, Jeff's suicide. And, uh, then that song came on the radio, I think, on my drive home. And the point of this, these stories is in that 12-month period, my life was blown up. Like, it was just, it just seemed like everything, one thing after another was falling apart. And, and I was a depressed teenager, and so it wasn't helping me um, live my best life. And so I think what that sh- how that shaped me as a person and how it, how it will help me as a parent is understanding that sometimes someone wants to talk Sometimes they don't, or sometimes they do want to talk and being accessible in both of those moments. Cause even if at some point Kennedy, you can tell something's bothering her, but she doesn't want to talk. She needs to know you're there. Um, and you're ready. Um, and life is so, so fucking short. Um, even if it's long and so cherishing every moment and telling the people, um, that you love, that you love them and that you appreciate them and that you want them in your life. I know that's a really long answer, but I think that's, that's where that started for me. And so if you know me, if you just know me through this podcast, I'm a hugger. If you're not a hugger, then I won't hug you. But if I'm just meeting you for the first time, be prepared <laughs> for a hug. polite idea that I'm like, I'm a hugger and I'm going to hug you. Like <laughs> <or not. laughs> so th- this another, next question came from someone as well, um, actually on Instagram. And uh, a sneak. I am. I'm very sneaky. Um, <laughs> and it, it kind of relates to the same, but this speaks a little bit more to um, you particularly. Is Can you share a situation that occurred in your life that you feel provides insight to your character? Wow. That's... I really want to know who asked that one. Not telling. Um... The only thing that's coming to mind is political. I don't want to go there. I don't feel like that's (laughs) deep enough. I feel like that's pretty shallow. Um, You know, but I'm going to use it. And and I'm going to use it because of what happened. So this in 2018, I ran for office as an independent. And when we made that decision to do it that way, um, we knew it was going to be hard. Uh, What position were you running for? Iowa House. There you go. Um, But no, I mean like running as an independent. It was going to be hard. Um, I People may have thought you were running for governor. Maybe I should have. (laughs) Who knows? Um, So we knew it was going to be hard. I definitely didn't have an appreciation for how hard it would be. But going into it, in my heart of hearts, I knew the odds were, were against me. Like these were Andrew Yang type odds of, you know, him even winning the Democratic nomination, like super, super long. Um, but it was that hope, and I'm willing to lose to do what's right. And I think that's probably something that's not probably it's something I'm always going to carry with me that if I think it's the right thing to do, I'm going to do it, even if it means I lose. Because sometimes, to your point early in the episode, you said winning is not the only measure, and it's not. Um, obviously, that was the goal. Um, but but staying true to who who I am and fighting for what I believe in um, still to this day is the right thing. I think that does speak to my character. I didn't I didn't running as a Democrat or Republican isn't the easy route. It would have been easier. Mm-hmm. 
I figured I figured that one was going to be political. Damn it. I did. I was like, <laughs> mm, I know those answer. Uh, two more questions. We have rapid fire. If you could tell your 18-year-old self one thing that would change the course of that young man's life, what would that one thing be? I want to say something about, like, what major to do in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what it honestly would probably be? Don't be afraid to fuck up. I was so worried at 18 about not messing up my career path or, or picking the wrong major. Um, just fucking do it and live your life. And, and it, it'll, it'll work itself out. I mean, it really will. And I think I'm a testament to that to this day. How I got here is a whole convoluted story of choices and failures. And I'm thankful for every one of them. Good answer. <laughs> so I, I think our viewers know a lot. Um, I think they, they learned a lot more about you here. I think they know that you're pretty dedicated to your community. They know that you're obviously through the fuck of the week that you started with. You started, <laughs> I mean, it was, there's dedication to, to bettering the lives of other people and making sure that we find cures for diseases. I mean, you know, can we give this man a little saint award or something? Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to be buried in the ground like the rest of us. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? I thought you were going to ask, what do you want my tombstone to say? I was going to say, there's not going to be a tombstone, so I no. don't, it's going to be blank. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, that's a great question. And I've, you're not going to believe it, but I, I have thought about it. Um, what I want people to think and say and feel when they do celebrate the life that I led here. Or curse at you. They're going to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, I, I really just want it to be someone. Who, so uh, I'm going to answer it by telling another story. Um, my grand, my, my dad's dad passed away in, uh, 2003. Um, so your grandfather, my grandfather, but I wanted context of, yep. of, um, who it is. Um, so he passed away in 2003. Um, so it was a sudden thing. Um, and to me, that's always a, a, a blessing in disguise. Um, so he passed away, had his funeral. And so we're at the farm, uh, the, the day of the funeral, the day before the funeral. And, and people always, you know, it's a small farming community. And so he obviously knew everyone. Um, but what was so interesting is that multiple times people showed up and gave their condolences and they would tell one of, one of my aunts or uncles or my dad or, or grandma a story about grandpa. And one of them, no one knew. Years and years and years ago, a man was trying to start a recycling program, I think, in, in town. Um, and he needed help. He needed money. Grandpa gave him money to get started. Um, no one knew it. He didn't ask for recognition. He just did it because he believed in the guy, believed in the cause. None of us know. But Grandpa never talked about it. And so I think if I take a page out of his book, I just want to do good for people, for the people in my life, um, and leave some kind of impact, some kind of positive impact that when it's time to come together and have a piece of cake and a uh, a mug of German beer and say <laughs> goodbye to me, they are going to miss and be thankful that, that I was there for whatever reason. What is one song that you want our viewers to listen to as soon as they leave and stop listening this, to this podcast? I have a feeling I know what it is. <sighs> Can I just pull up switch it real quick and just like nope. scroll, through nope. the, <laughs> scroll through the roster? <laughs> um, 
I'm going to say meant to live. And there's so many meanings behind that song. You can take it for whatever it's worth, but just listen to the words. I was going to say that or live it well. That I'm going to say that's number two. <laughs> I so one of those two. Uh, I've got a sign in in uh, in my in my office. It's a little postcard that says "Life is short, live it well." That was a song on their second to last, or their not their latest album, but the one before this one. Um, and that one was, would probably be number two. Um, and I, I probably listen to that one more than any of theirs right now. Um, and I and I say it to myself all the time: um, "Life is short. We all know that, so you should live it well, whatever that means to you." Which really reflects the other the question just before. That's why I, I <laughs> there's something powerful about music, and yeah. um, you know, there's a reason I mention that in my other podcast so often. Yep. So, all right, rapid fire. You're not supposed to think about these, and I know you're a thinker, so no thinking. Okay. Um, whatever first comes to your mind. Uh, that's there's dangerous. only about fifteen of them. Oh shit! So they're gonna go pretty <laughs> quick. Um, I'm curious, is it sweet or salty? Sweet. Cold or warm temperatures? Cold. Sean Mendez or Tom Daly? Mendez. I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cooler Ranch or Nacho Cheese Doritos? Uh, cheese. Kittens or puppies? Puppies. Beer or bourbon? Do I get to decide what beer? No. Just beer or bourbon? Bourbon. Okay. Music or books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Books. Ow. I know. What? I know. Oh, that pains my soul. Oh, I need to go pray for him. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, this next one may not be very relevant now. Country music or, or classic rock? Country. Cardio or weight training? Both. Nope. It's both. Nope. <laughs> I'll do cardio then. It's Beach healthier for me or the now. Mountains. Mountains. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Books or movies? Books. PC or Mac? P. No, sorry. Shit. I'm so tired. Mac. 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 <laughs> did you get that? <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Did I ask you that one? You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then money or free time? Money's going to give you the free time. No, no. Free time. Okay. <laughs> he shocked me, y'all. He shocked me a little bit. Um, which one? The music one floored me. I, I, we're going to have to go take a break now. Uh, but that is all. I will say that was fun. <laughs> that is all for this week. Thanks, guys, for joining in. As always, uh, be sure to follow us on our Instagram, at Richard and Steve, and on Twitter, at Fuck is Our Mantra. And we will uh, see you guys in a couple weeks. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, everybody. This podcast was mixed and produced by Sprout Media, a digital media firm in Des Moines, Iowa, who believes in doing things differently. They believe in putting consumers and clients first being a partner in marketing, and inspiring your tomorrow. They build websites, create digital media strategies, shoot and produce videos, and edit and produce podcasts just like this one. Check out Sprout Media at gosproutmedia.com, where you can subscribe to their podcast, The Buzz Addiction, or even request a free consultation. That's gosproutmedia.com.